Jaron Jackson Jr. has had a big summer already, and later on in the month of August, he's going to be overseas representing Team USA in the FIBA World Cup. But we wanted to take a moment here on this final day of July and really just dream a, a big dream, you dreamers out there, thinking about what Jaron Jackson can be as he opens the Memphis Grizzlies season as the best player on the active roster, keyword being active. We're going to talk about that and more on this Monday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Monday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend, a safe weekend, a cool weekend. Hopefully you found some air conditioning or a big storm came and knocked the uh, humidity out. It's been a hot one across the United States over the last few days. Hopefully you found some relief and hopefully you're getting some relief to the start of your work week with us here on Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts. I write over at Bluff City Media, and I also do some contributions toward SB Nation from time to time. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, for the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. DeMichael, hopefully you're one of those folks that's been able to find some relief from the heat. I, I, I would like to think so, but man, Joe, look, I had so many plans this weekend, and even mm. Saturday, Saturday I got out a little bit, but it's you may know the answer better than me, but like, what is it about the sun? And I've never, I've lived in Memphis my whole life. I've never figured it out where like, it just like physically drains you. Yeah. And like, when I come back in the house, like at three, four o'clock and I'm like, oh yeah, I got a full day ahead. And then I smack my bed and it's like, yeah. I'm done for the day. Like yeah. this Memphis sun has just drained me. I didn't even, Sunday I said, I don't want, I don't want no smoke with the sun. John Morant, John Morant said he isn't ducking the smoke. I'm ducking all the smoke from the sun. <laughs> And if it's hot enough, the sun is making smoke, right? All sorts of wildfires that smoke yeah, get blown yeah. down uh, from Canada. And I know, you know, you scientists out there, relax. It's more than just that. Cool out, okay? Um, I, I think that the bottom line here to Michael, you know, obviously we're in the dog days of the NBA offseason. Maybe we can all just agree that summer is the worst season. I mean, it's pretty trash, in my opinion. I'm not a fan. I, and I, 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 I say I, that as a teacher. As a Southern boy. As a Southern boy. I, I will say it's not the worst. I, I don't like winter. See, I mean, I'm, a, it, I'm a winter guy. Bring on the winter, bring on the fall. But I, I, I'm a look good, feel good guy, and mm -hmm. I don't look good in the winter. I, I just throw in a hoodie and, and, and I say forget it. And the and summer winter I, is the yeah. big guy's time to shine. That's your time. Yeah, that's your that's time. It's my Joe. time. It's my <laughs> time to be, uh, be the, the good looking one in the big puffy sweater. Uh, thank you to all who check out Locked on Grizzlies, not just for our season takes and our fashion advice, but for our Memphis Grizzlies content. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out over on YouTube as well. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, as we are available as proud members of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team almost every day. Locked on is very kind to its hosts in the off-season uh, you'll see a little bit less of us. We're still going to try to be pretty consistent with our shows. But every once in a while, I have a feeling to Michael and I say, eh, you know, we'll get it tomorrow. Uh, so th that's the general vibe. Check in, stay subscribed. Maybe not every day, but we'll try to stick around as best we can uh, as the offseason grinds along the next couple of months. And then October or September will be around. And before you know it, we'll be right back on the grind. 
Uh, especially once FIBA gets started, we'll have a lot to talk about when it comes to Memphis Grizzlies stuff. Uh, but today, speaking of FIBA, Jaron Jackson Jr. was in the news. He was part of a post over at the Commercial Appeal that you didn't write, partner, uh, but it, it was a wonderful piece, a, a news kind of piece, checking in on Jaron as he was running a camp uh, there for, uh, you know, I believe Jaron does an all-female camp, which is really cool, mm-hmm. helping build uh, the game uh, on the female side of things. He did his first co-ed camp. And the article also touched on Jaron's, you know, t- thoughts on roster changes, John Moran's suspension. But the thing that stood out to me, and it's what I wrote about for over at Bluff City Media today, uh, the idea of dreaming about what Jaron Jackson Jr. could be. Mm. Uh, you know, I've written in the past about his leadership, how he's so vital for the Memphis Grizzlies in that way. But I alluded to it, partner, early on in the show. Jaron Jackson Jr., I don't know if it's that controversial of a take. Again, if the key word is active, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the best active member of the Memphis Grizzlies right now. John Moran is suspended. He's not with the team. He won't be with the team until December, if not later than that, depending on how the suspension goes. So Jaron Jackson Jr. ascending to this role, knowing that he's going to be in that spot from the beginning, uh, you know, I'm excited to see how he takes that on, given all, you know, the sportsmanship awards that he's been nominated for, all the various yeah. things he's done in the Memphis community and elsewhere. Uh, he's a very interesting cat in the fact that he's going to be the face of the Grizzlies to start a large, sizable portion of the NBA season. I was just kind of taken aback reading that article thinking, oh, yeah, this is Jaron's team, at least for now. Uh, yeah, and. I kind of I agree with you in some ways there, but I am a little bit hesitant to just give all of the keys to Jaron at this point because I mean most people know I'm a big believer in Dez. And sure. here's here's the difference I would say between those two right now. Uh I think what you're hitting on, partner, is the fact that he's the most talented player that you have right now. Absolutely. And, and, with John Morant, you know, being suspended 25 games. Well, like, like we'll talk about later on in the show, we're talking ceiling. Exactly. I don't think anybody would yeah. say that Desmond Bain is a higher ceiling than mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson. For sure. And that's why I, so I was going to say that part. I was going to say that part. More touching on the on-the-court production, I think Desmond Bain is above him from an offensive standpoint and then what, what he does with the three-point shooting. You can make an argument that he is kind of – he kind of changes the game's you know, on offense, maybe as much as Jaron affects the defense because, again, the Grizzlies are not a good three-point shooting team. You take Desmond Bain off the floor, <laughs> teams are just going to stay in the paint and say, come to us because they don't have much to guard at the three-point line. But getting back to your point, we shouldn't even be having this conversation. Mm. It shouldn't even be a conversation because Jaron Jackson Jr. can be that good. That's why I had to I had to throw that Dez part in there, and I know some people are like, oh, Mike, what are you talking about? But I had to throw that in there to lead to what probably most people want wanted me to say from the jump. It's the fact that yes, right now we're having this Jaron Dez. You know, me and you've had the convo before. Uh, it's a debate. It's a topic, but eventually it shouldn't be, and we'll get to more of that uh, later on. But this is a big summer, I think, for Jaron. You touched on it from the FIBA perspective. Uh, just talking to uh, those guys earlier this summer, Steve Kerr, Grant Hill. Sounds like Jaron's going to be playing a lot of five there. I know that's something Joe Molinax uh, for years has been uh, kind of hinting at happening. So we're going to see a, a little dose of that, and we're going to see the all-around game put on display. FIBA 
is a lot more about, you know, putting those uh, bigs in playmaking situations. What have we talked about, Joe, is probably the number one area of needed improvement for Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, this is a huge summer for him. And remember, last summer was a huge summer for Jaron Jackson Jr. And then, boom, he fractured his foot. So that summer kind of went by his waist, and he still had his most productive NBA season to date. So now you give him a full summer. Uh, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about what this guy can put together. The international play is just gigantic. You know, you alluded to it there. And and as I wrote about, and as you and I have talked about before here on Lockdown Grizzlies, the reality is a lot of times Team USA in the past has, you know, reverted to isolation basketball for a couple of reasons. As you mentioned on a prior episode, the team's not together as much as international squads are. Even ones with NBA players, they usually play together more. Uh, than the the United States players do for a variety of reasons. So isolation ball makes sense in those ways. And then another reason, which is a little more obvious, the Grizzlies, not the Grizzlies, the United States of America just tends to have better athletes that play basketball better than the rest of the world. So if you have, obviously not this coming FIBA tournament, but uh, we'll use Brandon Ingram because he will be playing in the tournament. If you have Brandon Ingram and he's being defended by a six foot five guy who plays EuroLeague basketball, Brandon Ingram probably should just, you know, at six foot ten, try to shoot the basketball over the guy, right? Makes some sense. Uh, but I do think that with new management, you mentioned Steve Kerr, Grant Hill. I foresee them using this younger group because again, this isn't a true, you know, best of the best USA, right? Jaron maybe would make that cut just because of the FIBA international rules when it comes to blocks. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think it's a chance for him to grow his game. We'll talk more about that. Here next on Locked On Grizzlies, I think his ceiling is even higher than perhaps we've talked about before. And the Mm. reason why I think is pretty, again, we've talked about it here on the show, but I really want to drive home the idea of how his international play will help with that and how him getting better at that particular instance, that particular thing, will make the Grizzlies that much better. We're going to cover that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel, an official spetter, uh, special partner excuse me, of Major League Baseball. Make sure that you are taking the time to take your first swing at betting MLB over at FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. Just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from money lines to over-unders, who you think is going to get the first home run. That's all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly if you'd like. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Give FanDuel.com slash locked on a shot to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We are talking an area that we've discussed in the past here on Lockdown Grizzlies, but we're really going to dive in deep to Jaron Jackson Jr., the playmaker, next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Monax, joined by my co-host, DeMichael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, at DeMichael C. Follow me on Twitter, at Joe Mullinax. I am of Bluff City Media. I'm the Memphis Grizzlies columnist over there. And I have a piece up live at Bluff City Media. Maybe not right this moment, depending on when you're listening or watching, but on Monday it's going live. Hopefully you'll check it out. It talks about my dreams of Jaron Jackson Jr. And this one thing, the playmaking aspect, which we talked about just last week to Michael, how playmaking is an area not just for Jaron, but for the entire team to grow. 
the reason we're really going to dive in on Jaron with this particular topic is to me, it's the thing that he needs to get better at the fastest. It's the thing where he has the most drastic room for growth. Check out these numbers from cleaning the glass uh, to Michael. This past season, Jaron had a 4.8% assist percentage, 4.8%. That's the worst of his career. He has steadily declined throughout his career. His rookie season was his best year in terms of assist percentage. 4.8 was the worst. And then his assist to usage ratio was 0.22. Now that number may need, mean nothing to you. Just know that, and I love the cleaning the glass does this, that puts him in the second percentile, not in the entire NBA, DeMichael, among NBA bigs. So that means that there is 98% more bigs in the National Basketball Association that create compared to their usage rate. And Jaron had a pretty high usage rate, not the highest of his career, but a pretty substantial one this past season, 22.1%. That was 90th percentile among bigs. That second percentile assist to usage rate. That tells you, and if you watch the Lakers series, you mentioned it last yeah. week, the Lakers knew it. Jaron Jackson Jr. gets the ball. He starts his drive to the basket. It's highly unlikely he's going to pass. Now, in my article, I use an example of Jaron passing to Luke Kennard out of a double team. I think it was from game two in the series, and Kennard hits an open three. The Lakers right. vary who brings the double, right? They bring different guys from different parts of the floor. More than one pass away, it would have to be a skip pass to the other side of the floor. Jaron's not able to find those guys, or they time it a little bit differently so that he's not able to get out of his routine or his move fast enough to find the open player coming off of the double team. So for a variety of reasons, Jaron is just not very good at this. It's never really been a focus of his game. And because if he just gets to below average, because right now he's awful statistically. <laughs> If just below just average, though. Below average, but in the in terms of this coming season, yeah. Think about how much. Obviously, FIBA can help with that, but going Grizzly specific, think about how much that will help the half court offense. If you have a six foot eleven guy who is going to be the focal point of opposing defenses, because you're right, Desmond Bain definitely is a more versatile scorer than Jaron Jackson Jr. is, but Jaron just has so much more potential to do stuff with the mm -hmm. ball in his hand in terms of finishing at the rim in particular, yeah. they're that going size. to collapse on him. And if he can, again, just below average, that 30th, 40th percentile, <laughs> finding guys out on the perimeter like a Luke Kennard, a Marcus Smart, that's going to help the half-court offense tremendously. We know Desmond Bain is going to be able to do that. Whether or not Jaron Jackson Jr. can, that seems like an area for the most rapid growth for this Grizzlies offense. Yeah, and Joe, in the, in the simplest form, we talk about his playmaking uh, numbers, he's never averaged more assists than turnovers in the season. He's every mm. season he's played, he's finished with more turnovers than assists. That's NBA. bad. It's got to change. Uh, you, 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 you set the bar below average. I'm going to challenge him to be, be even better than that. He's too good. He can be at least an average playmaker. Look at all these other bigs in the NBA who we consider elite. All those guys are pretty much at least average. I mean, I'm not even talking about uh, the Jokic uh, level. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm talking about the Bam out of bios, you know, uh, the, the DeMontis Sabonis, uh, the guys who, if, if you draw doubles, you're going to pay. That's, that's, that's the name of the game. You, you simplify the game and the Grizzlies have a big man in Jaren who, uh, the Warriors last season in the playoffs said they were having trouble guarding him one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, there were 
was it game one against the Lakers when Jaron had the big game? It was game one right off the bat, right? Or it was early in the series. Uh, I believe it was game one. But Jaron had the big game in game one, and, like, he never replicated uh, – like, he never he never duplicated that success for mm-hmm. the rest of the series. And you mentioned it. They, they started throwing the doubles at him. Uh, yes, they threw different types of doubles and all that. But Jaron has so many ways he can attack. He can just – he can triple threat you and just go off the dribble. Uh, he can go back to the basket. He can face up in the mid post. Uh, he has all of these different ways he can get to his spots. He showed us the strength this past season. Now, and, and, and not only did he show us the strength, he showed us the finishing ability. Uh, now it's putting it all together because the other part of that is the fouls. We always talk about the fouls from a defensive mm. standpoint. But, I mean, this guy generates a lot of offensive fouls as well. There are a lot of charges and things like that simply from being – out of control uh, when he's in those situations. So it's pace, it's timing, it's accuracy, and it's something that I think he can improve on. And after this past season where he was as forceful as many people wanted to see him, because remember, at first it was one, two games, he looks like this big forceful guy where he's abusing mismatches, and then the next game he shoots eight three-pointers and five two-pointers, and it's like, what the world? But now, (laughs) now – this past season, he showed us this was the first year where he looked like, hey, man, I, these dudes can't guard me. But now, okay, yeah, they can't guard you one-on-one. So what are you going to do when they throw the doubles at you? He should be averaging over two assists uh, per game next season. That's the jump I'm expecting. And that would be realistic, again. And that would put him in that below average to average uh, territory. He's just been so bad at it that it's hard to say, for me at least, it's hard for me to say, go be average. You know, it's you're going from being abysmal to being <laughs> better, right? But again, I don't yeah. mean to be disrespectful. He you, does you, so many other things so well, and that leads me to the final point here on this part of the show, DeMichael. I, it sounds like I'm down on Jaron. I'm really not. It makes me excited because to me it makes the ceiling even higher, realizing how he has gotten worse in this particular area. You mentioned the, uh, the turnovers on offensive fouls. That counts as a turnover. He turned the ball over. They lost that possession. So if he can clean this specific area of his game up, he's already a top 30 or so player of the NBA with these holes in his game. We'll talk about bold predictions later on in the show. I think he could be a top 15 player in the National Basketball Association if he gets to that average level that you just mentioned. Because like I said, he's top 30 right now, and he's really bad at this. Yeah, and and, and that just goes to show, like, this is such a, a glaring weakness in his game. And, mm. and it's because it's one of those things where for a player in his position, it's not really the biggest of priorities. Uh, you don't need him. The Grizzlies don't need him to be a lead playmaker because you got John. You got right. Nice. Like they don't need him to be. Now Jokic. you have Marcus Smart. And now you have Marcus Smart. You don't need him to be Jokic. You don't need him to be Bam, you know, operating at the top of the key. You don't need him to be Sabonis, you know. You need him to be shoot Miles Turner or something like that's 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 all you're asking for. Like just just someone who, when the doubles come, like Joel Embiid is is good at it. You know uh, he he gets tunnel vision sometimes too, but he knows how to attack uh, double teams, and that's that's all you're asking at this point. Uh, a lot of attention gets put on the fouls, right? Talk about oh the, the foul trouble, the foul trouble, the foul trouble. Me and you have kind of broken it down to a T in terms of how that number 
is kind of unclear because of the minutes that the Grizzlies players uh, play. It's already lower than most of the starters in the NBA. But you take that out because of that. I think playmaking is probably the most glaring weakness in his game at this point. But it's also the area where you talk about the fouls. I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. will ever be a guy who just doesn't really deal with foul trouble. No. As opposed to the playmaking, I think there's a realistic route to him being the guy eventually in his career who can give you three and a half assists a game. Agreed completely. And and to your point, the foul percentage, you know, last season it was if or 2021-2022, I should say, it was a 5.7, right? That was the, the worst it's been. Uh or excuse me, it was a 4.2. Then this past season it was a 4.4. So he's gotten a lot better at that because two seasons prior, it was at 6.4%. And when it was at 6.4, that put him in that sixth percentile for foul percentage. Now he, that word again, he's below average when it comes to that below to that foul percentage number. And he's the defensive player of the year. So again, just get to the 40th percentile. Don't have to be at the, just don't be at the second anymore. Let's make some growth from that and see that assist to usage ratio go up. You're right. Joel Embiid has gotten better at this throughout his career. There's no reason Jaron Jackson Jr. can't do the same thing. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we're going to make some bold Jaron Jackson predictions. I just killed the lead a little bit a moment ago. I'm going to make my bold Jaron Jackson prediction first, and then I'll let J- uh, DeMichael yell at me for it when we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts. I am of Bluff City Media, also a contributor over at SB Nation, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, with a commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. You've come to the right place, and hopefully you'll stick with us as we enter the month of August. As I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, we'll be a little bit more sporadic in our posting. We're going to do our best to give at least three or four episodes a week. Uh, but again, there's only so much you can discuss this time of year when it comes to NBA basketball, DeMichael and I will be around, but hopefully you understand just a little bit less than perhaps we normally have been. Uh, stick with us, subscribe. We'll be in your feeds, I promise. Uh, time for my bold prediction that you're going to yell at me about. Because um, I think it's kind of crazy. There's probably a lack of logic in a way, because I'm oh, sure yeah. we, we live in a world where Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid exist, right? Oh, so there's really oh, only oh. There's really only one spot where Jaron Jackson Jr. would fit this, and I don't oh. know that he's going to play the position enough to get there. So I want to oh. stress that he's probably not – Everyone prepare yourselves. Well, I'm just trying to make it make as much sense as possible. So here I go. Jaron Jackson Jr. may not be named to the All-NBA – Oh, no, but it's positionless now. I just reminded myself. It's, it's positionless. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to make the third-team All-NBA team. That is my bold prediction. He is going to be an all-NBA player this coming season. Reminded myself in the middle of my hot take that it's not as hot anymore because he's going to be recognized as one of the 15 best players in the NBA by being on the all-NBA roster. How crazy is that to Michael? Tell me how wrong I am. I don't think it's, it's too crazy, actually. I just think about... You know the wing position is so loaded in the NBA, and that and that's where this, they're gonna make up that's, some stuff. But but there's the the 65 game minimum now, and and Jaron, quite frankly, if you take away the offseason injury, if you go through the last two seasons, he's been the healthiest Grizzlies player, right? The past two seasons, I mean, uh, he 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 hasn't missed much time. 
You know, he missed the first few games of this past season recovering from the offseason injury. So nothing as of late tells me that this isn't a guy who, who won't qualify for the 65 games because that's the only mark. But I think of guys like Kevin Durant, Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard, LeBron James who might struggle to meet that 65-game criteria. And probably if, don't care any much or that much and, anymore about and, all NBA stuff because it wouldn't connect to their contract anyway. And could care less. So I don't think that's as bold. Honestly, you want to know what I thought you were going to say? I what thought you, you were. I thought you were going to say he'll be an All Star Game starter. I, oh. I thought you. Were, I thought you were going to go off the rails. Uh, which, which again, that one, you know, with the fan voting and things like that is that, that, that is probably exactly hurt him. Right. But um, I, 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 I may agree with you. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to crunch. Yes. I'm going to have to crunch the names. We'll come back to this. Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to crunch the names. We're going to have to figure out who I think will play 65. Because with the guards, it'll be a lot of guys. You know, they're right. going to they're going to a lot of those guards will qualify. But it's those older forwards uh, who who. But I think that's a fair thing to say. Uh, especially, I think statistically speaking, Jaron is going to get a nice boost from those first 25 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think a lot of people don't remember this, but before Desmond Bain got hurt. He was averaging like 25, 5 and 5 mm-hmm. uh, before the toe injury. And that start to his season kind of gave him a little stat boost, gave him a little room for error, where he still ended the season averaging like 21, uh, 5 and 4. But his numbers were even better than that uh, before the injury. And I think Jaron, statistically speaking, of course, when Ja goes, comes back, his offensive usage will go down a little bit and his points per games will go down. Uh, but my bold prediction is pretty much going to be on brand with what I've said earlier. I think Jaron Jackson Jr., I won't go too off the wall here. Uh, I'll say that this is the first season in the NBA career that he averages more assists and turnovers. And and that's it. If, if I wanted to, some people say, oh, give us a concrete number. I'll <laughs> say two, I'll say 2.3 assists. Like, let's easy. 1.7 is his career high. And Steven Adams comes back. Let's be real. Steven Adams is going to have the ball in more playmaking situations when you talk about dribble handoffs and just the big man working the sets through those bigs because of his screen setting ability and things like that. Where Jaron Jackson Jr. will be able to create for others will be when he's got the ball in his hand himself. I think early on in the season, and no exaggeration here, I think before Ja gets back, he should be averaging at least three and a half assists in that 25-game span. If he's not averaging over three assists in that span, then should probably be worried a little bit because they're going to be there's going to be a lot of playmaking to go around and I think as Ja comes back he'll have to you know uh, find this way from the perspective of when Ja's out of the game you got to be more of a playmaker for others and things like that as opposed to when Ja's in the game it's going to go through Ja more you spotting up doing a little bit more shooting uh, taking advantage of mismatches pretty much what we've seen up to this point uh, between those two but I I think this is the first season where we can see Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, eclipse uh, from a assisted turnover ratio standpoint, it can be a positive for him because last season was the gauntlet for him. This was the first year teams made it obvious. Look, we got a double Jaron Jackson Jr. I covered the team a couple seasons ago, and I didn't hear, you know, people would say maybe for a quarter or two, oh, he gets hot, yeah, double him third quarter, double him fourth quarter. But going into a game plan, you know, like the Warriors were saying, we got to throw body as, bodies at him. Like the Lakers were saying, we got to throw multiple bodies at him. Uh, that's 
it's kind of the same thing with John Moran at guard. Remember, we talked about this in a recent episode with John from the standpoint of his IQ has improved so much, even though he always he came into the league with high IQ. But his IQ, what has helped John is teams have blitzed them. Mm-hmm. They, they've, done, they've done switches. They've hedged against them. They've done hard hedges, soft hedges. He's seen so many different defensive coverages where now, no matter what you throw at him, oh, I've seen that before. Oh, I've seen that before. Seen right. that before, and that's where Jaron, even though he's older from an NBA career standpoint, from his offensive progression over the last two years, it's setting up for this to be that year where he says, "I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that." You got Dez over here to pass two, and you got Luke Kennard for a full season to pass the ball to as well, as well as those other guys who should improve the three point shooting. I'm expecting a playmaking jump this season. I think that's a realistic one, and I think it's one that I agree with because. If he's going to be one of the top 15 players in the NBA, chances are he's, <laughs> he's surpassing that number. So we're on the same page, and it's always nice when we're on the same page on Jaron Jackson Jr. Kudos to you, Jaron, for, again, being a positive light in the Grizzlies universe right now. Things will get better. Things will improve. And I think they have kind of as time has gone on. People have gotten used to uh, the idea of having a John ja Morantless start to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, having players like Jaron Jackson Jr. makes that a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. Uh, the next time that we're here on Locked On Grizzlies, thanks to everyone who has been checking us out, an everyday or two hopefully is out there checking us out each and every day wherever they get their podcasts, as well as over on YouTube. And again, remember, I just said the next time we are here, because that may be Tuesday, it may not be Tuesday uh, as we enter the month of August. But the next time we're back, partner, I listen. To your Taylor Jenkins episode over the weekend. Oh, I, oh, oh, you did you hear me name drop you? Did you hear it? Yeah, a time I, or two. I, yeah. I did. I even went back and played it again. Um, we don't have to read, we don't have to do that. I, just, to but I, that I, want to, I, I just want to hear what you have to say on it. That's all. That's all. I, I'll provide a take. I'll provide okay. a take, but I, I what I really want to do is do a similar thing with Zach Kleiman. And Ooh. maybe we can look at some things. Because there's a King Climate aspect, and I've said it a time or two, you know, praising uh, a former executive of the year in the NBA. But that doesn't mean that he's perfect. And maybe there's some stuff that we could take a look at that he's done or things that he could do that could put this roster in a more interesting position moving forward. So, again, the next time we're here with our uh, dear listeners and viewers on Lockdown Grizzlies, let's tackle. I'll I'll respond to your Jenkins fun stuff, uh, but I want to tackle King Climate if you're down for it. Let's, let's let's do it. Let's let's talk about uh Mr. Zach Kleiman. I heard he does. He's not too much of a fan of the of the King Kleiman. Yeah, name. I've I've heard that before, but but um but uh I, I mean it it has a little kick to it, right? Yeah, it has a little kick to it. I remember they had the T-shirts. Remember with the mm-hmm. with the crown on and all that. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's let's talk Zach Kleiman. I think it's a it's a great time to talk about the GM. Uh, it's summer. He just put together another summer where he made some mm-hmm. roster changes that, quite frankly, a lot of many people didn't expect. So, yeah, let's talk about it. And I, I do. If I were in a role where I was called Monarch Molinax, which obviously doesn't sound really <laughs> as cool. Uh, but does, does Deacon see, does Deacon DeMichael roll off the tongue the same? I Deacon like Deacon DeMichael. DeMichael. I think that's Deacon pretty DeMichael. good. Uh, I think that's a lot better than Monarch Molinax. Sure. Crown um, Cole, Crown Cole. It's more like Jester Joe over here. That, that would be <laughs> that the court joker would be me. Um, but I, I, I've had a chance to meet Zach in the past. We had a good conversation. Uh, I was covering the game in Washington D.C. I think it was John Morant's rookie year, 
and I had a chance to talk with him for 10 minutes. Uh, so I'm certainly not best buddies with him. I know you have a lot more interactions with him. Um, I respect him. I think he's done a heck of a job building this roster, but I think it's a good time to kind of evaluate, look at the current state of things and his role in that. So the next time we're together here on Lockdown Grizzlies, that will be our focus. Thank you for making us part of your Grizzlies at NBA content consumption. So Michael and I appreciate it. Again, rate, comment, like, subscribe, all those things, wherever you get your podcasts as well as over on YouTube. Thank you to our everydayers who check us out each and every time we drop a new episode. It is much appreciated. We hope you'll continue to do so as the calendar turns over to August. He's DeMichael. I'm Joe. We'll catch you next time here on Locked On Grizzlies.